0: Welcome to Fuse. How are you guys doing tonight? We good? Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Hey, listen, if we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Mark, uh, and I'm the student minister here. So uh, it's going to be an incredible school year, first night of Fuse. Um, and what I love about that video was that it was just a reminder about how it's important that other people recognize what matters to us uh, if we want to have kind of like a real and a, and a personal relationship. So uh, my friend was uh, a basketball player. Any basketball players in the house? Uh, like basketball is what's like important to you. Um, what about, um, let's see, any band? And you're in band and you're like, hey, man, that's my thing. Like I'm a musician. Um, you know, that's awesome. Awesome. Um, let's see. Someone. Someone's just like, hey, I'm a foodie. Like I'm trying to go like to every good restaurant. Uh, I'm trying to, yeah. Right. Who's into uh, Minecraft? Who's into Minecraft? Like that's like your thing. And you're kind of realizing, like, you, you can be a part of multiple crowds, right? You can be a part of different things. Um, this, is a, this is a debate I've been having with uh, my friend Dimitri. Um, who, who likes anime? Do you like anime? <clears throat> okay. Hold on. Okay. So now, you can put your hands down. Totally cool. Um, who's like, I hate anime? Wow. Okay. I was just curious. I was just curious, it seems like the majority of the crowd is kind of on the one side, okay, all right, it's interesting. Uh, Who's into college football and you're so excited about college football to come back? Yes, yes, Uh, on the count of three, on the count of three, I would love to hear your college football team, okay, so one, two, three. Interesting, interesting. Interesting. It's just a lot of teams that are going to lose to Ohio State this year. So that's great. Uh, I'm so glad for you. Uh, that's awesome. I love the fall, right? I love, I love that the temperatures at some point are going to get cooler, right? Less than 100 degrees. I'm excited for that. Um, there will be a day that kids will show up to fuse in hoodies, uh, which will be a good time. Some of you wear hoodies right now. It's because you're psychos, Okay psycho. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy. Crazy. He knows I think he's crazy. My own child, right? He is he is crazy. Yeah, if you're wearing a hoodie, if you're wearing a hoodie and it's like 179 degrees out. Anyway, so I want to tell you a story. Can I tell you a story? This is uh one of my embarrassing high school stories. Mine. Me. Um, And so, buckle up. Um, When I was a uh, a kid, I was not like Casanova, Rico Suave, like dating all the girls. I know that's surprising and shocking to all of you. But like I wasn't, uh, hold your rude comments for yourself. That, I heard so many of you, okay? And I could, listen, I'm a nice guy. I could say some things in this room, okay? Ooh, it's getting personal in here. Okay. So when I was a kid and we're talking all the way up until like my freshman year, I wasn't really trying to get into a relationship for a couple reasons. Number one, and almost the only reason I was terrified, terrified to ask a girl out, terrified, like, even if I could cross the, like the finish line of like, asking a girl out, and then if she didn't reject me, I'd be like, what do we do now? Like, what is this? I literally had a girl break up with me in eighth grade. Her name's Amy. It's it- <laughs> happening. What's happening? So I'm dead serious right now. Dead serious. Girl broke up with me because she was like, I mean, I like you, but you don't talk to me. Because I was terrified. I was like, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to say something stupid. And I'm going to like ruin all this. So like we would, our, the the whole like, and she, oh she, we weren't dating because you don't date in middle school. Because you can't like drive a girl on a date, right? Um, yeah, all of you middle schoolers on your huffies. You're not dating, okay? Uh, <laughs> there it is. So... So she broke up with me because she's like, you don't talk. And I was like, I don't have anything to say. Ask my wife now. She's like, sometimes he just doesn't say words at all. Like, he just doesn't say words. And sometimes, ladies, if I can just give you a little advice, um, this is not a dating series, but we're kind of going to dabble in it a little bit here. Um, Sometimes if a guy is not saying anything or doing anything, and you're like, what are you thinking? (laughs) What are you... What are you thinking? <laughs> and and then he says nothing. It's impossible for you to not be thinking anything ever, ladies, because there's just so much going on and you're just smarter than us, probably. But like we have a superpower. Us men have a superpower. We can absolutely <laughs> not be thinking anything. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So she says, you don't talk. And I said, I have nothing to say. I guess it's over. And she was like, okay. And then we like went to different classrooms. (laughs) I was like, okay, note, say more in your next relationship. So I didn't get in a lot of relationships, but my friends, I think, um, schemed a little plan um, to set me up with this girl. Now, this girl went to another school, and I had some friends from that school down the road. Um, but we didn't know each other. Me and this girl did not know each other. And so uh, they set me up on what's called a blind date. And if you don't know what a blind date is, um, it's not that you go on a date with a blind person. uh, As some of you probably are like, wow, I didn't, you're learning something. This is great. A blind date is like, check it out, check it out. You, You show up and there has to be some sort of communication because you're like, you don't know this person at all. And this was like before social media. There was no way of like, I had no idea what I was walking into. So I'm like, is she, is she cute? Is she like fun? Is she well, like what? Like what am I walking into, right? Is, if, if she is like not attractive, then I am like done with all of you. So anyway, I show up and she's kind of like semi-normal. And I'm like, okay, her name's Jenny. And we go on this date, right? And then the whole thing, check it out. The whole thing goes well. I am, I pay for dinner like you should do, guys. And um, we have some good conversation and the whole thing goes well, and I go and I drop her off at her house. It was like across town, so there was a lot of gas involved, right? I'm like spending money on this blind date, and so I think it goes well, right? I'm just respectful. I'm like, okay, see you later. Had fun. Let's, you know, let's, you know, let's do this again. This would be great. Um, the next day, I call her um, on the phone, which was attached to the kitchen wall because that's the way phones were back then, and, um, and uh, she picks up the phone. She says, hello. And I said, hey, it's Mark. And she says, Mark who? And I said, Mark, like, the uh, we went out on a date, like, last night. She goes, oh, 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 oh. And I was like, so we're we just going to call this over right now? Because, like, the amount of embarrassment, like, all over me was just, like, I want to hide for 37 years. Like, I was so embarrassed. I was like, how do you not know? Like, I, we were hung out all night last night. Was it not life-changing for you? Answer, it wasn't for her, obviously. Um, and so, now granted, it worked out fine because I married Christy, and it worked out fine. I'll just say that. Um, so, the, uh, woo, okay, marriage series, here we go. Um, so, it was embarrassing to have someone like forget you, right? Less than 12 hours later, right? What happened? Or maybe it's probably 24 hours. It's probably like an afternoon call or something like that, evening. And so um, it occurred to me um, as I was thinking about this series and I was thinking about kind of kicking off this year how important it is uh, that people like remember us and remember our names. And if you ever know what it's like to have someone call out your name and you didn't know they knew your name, it's like, oh man, like that kind of makes you feel special. It makes you feel cared for. If you find out that someone doesn't know your name, who you thought knew your name, there's kind of like a, oh, which I got to be honest with you, as a student minister, uh, there's a lot of new names, especially this week, right? We got this whole crop of sixth graders and trying to learn names, and I don't know all of them, so you're gonna have to give me some little bit of patience. Oh yes, hold on. We'll have to do names later, but um, there's there's a little bit of like, oh man, someone like knows my name. It makes us it makes us feel special, and it occurred to me um, that not that that blind date. I mean, it was a blind. date. We didn't know each other, and it's perfectly fine. She didn't do anything wrong. But it occurred to me how much it matters. This is really what I want to talk about, is that nobody wants, like, fake friendships or fake relationships. Um, Nobody wants that. And if you think about it, sometimes when you're thinking about maybe future relationships that you might be in, or uh, even friendships. Some of you are like meeting people for the first time in school. Maybe you're sitting next to them in class or, or riding with them on the bus or in the neighborhood or something like that, and you're kind of meeting new people this year, especially those of you who like went to a new school this year for the first time. Yeah, new school, man. Like there's new rhythms, there's new routines. You're like, where's my class? And then you're sitting with people. Like high school's fun, so those of you that went into ninth grade this year, it's like some of you were Baines, some of you were Thornton, and you're kind of both Ridgepoint now, so you used to be kind of like rivals, you know, kind of deal, and now you're kind of on the same team, um, and I, not that everyone's from Baines and Thornton, um, but there's a lot of new friends being made. Now, I want to ask you a question. If we don't want fake friendships, what's the like opposite of fake, do you think? Real. Real. Yeah, I think real is, like, what we're after. And if you were to ask people, if you were to poll people and say, like, what kind of relationship, what kind of friendships, what do you value the most? A lot of people would say, like, I just want to be friends with someone who's real, right? I want to be friends with someone who's real. And, uh, And I get that. Um, I actually have a, uh, a story. I um, I am super into sneakers. So if you were to ask me what I care about, it probably wouldn't be the first, second, or third thing. But somewhere on that like list, I'm like I super love sneakers. Now, it really it really started because way back in the day, because sneakers are not a new thing. Way back in the day, I always wanted Jordans when they were first coming out, um, and so. I uh, Michael Jordan was an NBA player back then. He was like crushing the NBA um, and if you know anything about Jordan, like he's made a little bit of money on some shoes. Um, those shoes were chill. Uh, your moral outrage is ridiculous, okay? Be outraged about something else. Um, so he was playing really good basketball and he's making good money on the sho- and the shoes were amazing, right? And your generation has Picked that up as well, which is incredible. The shoes have gotten more expensive. But I'll tell you, back then, my parents were like, "Um, you're going to grow out of those shoes in three months. We're not spending money on Jordans. And so anyone else on that train? Yeah, like that's me. Yeah, right? And so as an adult, as an adult, right, 40-year-old dude, I'm like, new pair of Jordans comes out. I might go buy them for myself, right? And so that's just kind of. Now, I have a friend who has a, uh, we'll just call it a hookup. Right, and the hookup is someone who can provide a pair of shoes that's normally extremely expensive for a tiny little price. Okay, now I want to show you something. These shoes right here, I brought an example. Um, this is funny. Like this is the box they came in. You're like, this doesn't look very special. Does anyone know what this label means? Yes. Eli just. Flipped out. Okay, so I brought these for you. Um so who's into sneakers, I'm just curious. Hey, I love sneakers. <laughs> you're you're into volume as well, I could tell. Okay, so um, these does anyone recognize these? So now this might be the first time a student literally tries to, like, beat me up in the parking lot and steal my shoes. Like, they're all, like, scheming right now. Okay. Y'all keep that same energy next, year, next week when we're singing songs, okay? Like, keep that same energy. So I bought these. These are called off-white, uh, like, Chicago Jordan 1s. And um, actually, um, I bought a screenshot of how much these cost if you were to go on StockX and get them today. If you kind of zero in on the price, they're like six thousand dollars. Now, now, some of you are like, "No, we're for sure beating them up." Those are worth six thousand dollars. Okay, so hear me, hear me. Not worth six thousand dollars because my friend who has a hookup, right? These are not stolen. What are they? They're fake. They're fake. They're fake. Now, if if those of you who like 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 love sneakers want to come and take a look at them after not now, after, uh, <laughs> you're on 11 out of 10 right now. I love it. Your energy is all here. Um, if you want to come look at it later, I'll show you. And if some of you, is there anyone in the room just curious? Like I can I can like um I can pick out a, a fake for sure. Okay. So a couple a couple of you, so. Um what's what? What's fake about it? They were not made by Nike or Jordan, right? They were made in a sweatshop, I'm sure. Um They do look real. Did you I mean if I made them, they would look like cobbled together with like yarn and like they would look terrible. But fakes are really hard to spot nowadays. Um, But if you go to, like, a sneaker shop, they'll be able to tell pretty quickly that something's a fake. Now, what's funny about this in particular was um, (laughs) I said, okay, like, how much do they cost? Because they're, like, $6,000 on StockX. He goes, $100 to get the job done. And I'm like, $100? Like, people are like, this is crazy. Like, this is such a good deal. And he's like, I know. And so I I Venmo him the money, and he orders it. And (laughs) he says, what's your size? And I say, I'm a size 13. And he goes, so here's the deal. Uh, The sizes don't work like that (laughs) where they make these. Um, So 13 is, like, measured in inches. These are more, like, centimeters, and they run really small, so you're just going to have to guess. And I was like, I'm super stressed right now because what if they don't fit? Well, come to find out, I got them. It took them a long time to get there because, again, they're cobbled in, like, not Nike, um, and uh, they don't fit me they don't fit me. And I got them and I was kind of like, what was I thinking? They're fake, you know, and like I know they're fake. So when I'm walking around, like is it going to feel good that they're fake? They're not authentic and they're not real. Um, and so does it really matter? No. But I started thinking about all the other things that, that we want in life and, and how sometimes we chase after the fake because it, it kind of gets us what we're after, but, but we don't end up with kind of the same the same feeling. And so as it comes down to it, um, I think a lot about like friendships in this world. And there's people um, that have varying levels of like closeness to us, like there's people that we'd say are like, are in our inner circle. So there's like maybe, maybe five people in your inner circle. They're the people who know you the best or the people who care about you the most. They're the people that know everything. As I was thinking about my best friends in this world, not the fakes, right, that look cool, but like my best friends in the world, like know what my life is about. They know where I'm from, right? They know what I care about. Uh, they know uh, how I feel about the things that happen in my life. Like I, I don't want to get too serious too quickly, but they know how I feel about the things that have happened to me, the things that I've encountered in this life. Why? Because we've talked about them. And like a real friendship, uh, there's there's time invested and there's trust invested, right? Like all of this stuff is a part of uh, a real friendship. Now, I don't want to talk as much about friendships tonight as I just want to talk about um, Jesus in particular. But there's this story that we're going to study um, in Luke chapter 19. If you didn't bring a Bible, no big deal. Uh, I have the verses on the screen. Um, There's just 10 verses we're going to look at tonight. And it's honestly a super common story. It's a story of a guy named Zacchaeus. Um, Zacchaeus is a story that, if you grew up in church, maybe you're singing that song in your head right now, or like you're thinking about this story. Um, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the name Zacchaeus? The tree. Tax collector, tree, huh? Huh? Little man, yeah, yeah. A couple different things. And uh, one more, Avery. Yeah, this the song. Yeah. So I want to look at. Um, I want to look at Luke chapter 19 again. Just the 10 verses are going to be on the screen. Uh, we'll put up one through three. We're just going to kind of read this together, and we're going to try to take at least one piece of truth away from it tonight. Okay? He entered. This is who's he? Is Jesus? Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Hey, okay, I want us to like zero in, focus right now. If you're talking to your neighbor, this is the, you can have time to talk to your neighbor later. But for just the next 10 minutes or so, let's focus in on the scripture here. He, uh, Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on the account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. Verse four and five. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down, received him joyfully. When they saw it, and the they is just kind of the onlookers, the people around looking, they grumbled. It said, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Next verse, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, Since he is also a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. So uh, let me go back to the first uh, verse slide, if I can, because I want to kind of pick this apart piece by piece. Um, The first thing that I thought was really, really interesting is that Jesus shows up. He entered Jericho and was passing through. Now, I want to tell you something. Like, as we teach uh, and learn stuff from The Bible on Wednesday nights at Fuse, there's going to be times where like there's more stories and illustrations, but then there's some times that I really want to teach you something that is a really strong belief. The word doctrine uh, will come up, and the word doctrine means like this is a a thing that we believe. It's kind of a pillar of our belief, and so one of the things that's strong uh, and very important about what we believe is that Jesus, when he was born as a baby on this earth, he was both fully human and he was fully God at the same time. And there's, uh, that's kind of hard to understand. And, and it really gets hard to understand when I think about this. He entered Jericho and was just passing through. And so, my question right off the bat as I was studying this was do you think that he intended to go to see Zacchaeus? Or was it a total accident? And some of us would say, Jesus knew what he was doing. He was going to see Zacchaeus. It it says he was passing through. Some of us are like, I mean, it says he was passing through. So he's probably just like, oh, there's Zacchaeus. I guess I'll stop and change my direction. So I don't exactly know if he was like mind of God planning to go after Zacchaeus or if he was human passing through and stopped to spend time with Zacchaeus. Here's what we do know. Zacchaeus meant something to him. And there was a sense of purpose that Jesus um, stopped and kind of had a meeting here with Zacchaeus. I want to just maybe pause and tell you. um, If you've ever had a moment where you feel like God is nowhere to be found, he's not listening, uh, bad stuff is happening, and I feel like God's nowhere, um, understand this. Jesus Wants to have a personal relationship with you. And at some point in your life, I guarantee there's gonna be a moment where it appears he's passing through like your life, right? And there's gonna be a moment of intentionality where he's calling your name. I can tell you my story. Uh, I'll tell it to you another night because uh, I don't have time. But there was a moment where it became very clear that Jesus was like passing through my town, if you will, passing through my life. And I felt like God was like talking to me, Mark specifically. And in that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, God is real. My eyes were open, and that was the moment of my salvation. And, uh, and so I don't want you to think, like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand prayer. I don't understand church. I don't understand Jesus and God and all that stuff. I totally get it, and when I was your age, I didn't either. But I don't want you to give up on that because there's a personal Jesus, there's a personal God who's going after Zacchaeus. Now, behold, there's a man named Zacchaeus, here we learn three things. He's a tax collector, he's rich, and he's small in stature. And so, um, tax collectors back in those days, if you've grown up in church, you know these are not the most popular. Um, and he's the chief tax collector. So, of all the tax collectors, he's the one in charge. These people are used to going around and saying, You need to pay your taxes. And while it was legal for people to pay their taxes, they would charge exorbitant amounts above, and they had no choice. They just had to pay um, to stay in good standing with, with the city in that area. So people did not like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had a past. Zacchaeus was probably what we would say is far from God. Maybe he's rejecting God. He's not walking the path of other believers and other Christians. Again, if I can just cue your attention, Some of us think like, oh, I I would never be welcome in church or I could never become a Christian because I've done a bunch of bad stuff. And I would just say over and over and over, we see a, a picture of Jesus who's going after the people who had the worst stories and he's being very gentle with them, but he's also giving them truth, okay? So check it out. Chief tax collector, he's rich, he's small in stature. He was seeking to see who Jesus was but on the crowd of uh, on the count of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. Now, next slide, please. He ran. Pause. He ran ahead. This is not something uh, dignified men do. When you think about the story of the prodigal son, and there's the father running after his son. What we know is that fathers wouldn't like undignify themselves by running towards him it's his job to come to me right there's a sense of like this man of stature and respect he's not running so in a sense that he's like running like a child and what else is he going to do like a child he's going to climb a tree there's a little bit of like are you a full-grown man or are you a child it's just kind of it's just kind of funny here so he ran ahead climbed a sycamore tree to see him for he was about to pass that way then Jesus came to the place, looks up, and says, Zacchaeus, pause. Just, I mean, the scripture doesn't tell us how Jesus knew his name. Again, Jesus God, Jesus human who knew about his reputation. Like, you could probably, we could talk for 30 minutes about why Jesus knew his, or how he knew his name. But do you, what do you think went through Zacchaeus' head when he said, Zacchaeus? Have you ever had someone very important call you by your name? And you're like, I didn't know that they knew my name. Man, I had someone do that to me pretty recently that I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a nobody, right? I'm a nobody. Like, I'm not important. I'm not in charge of much. Like, I'm just kind of a guy, right? Like, and I'm just kind of, and this guy said, hey, Mark. And I was like, I'm sorry, how do you know my name, right? And it, it shocked me. What do you think Zacchaeus was thinking in this moment? Okay, other than what the heck. Yeah. Hold on, let's raise our hands. Thank you. you might have been a, little out. a little creeped out? Why? Like, how do you know my name? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Both. Yeah. Oh, no. Why? Yeah. Yeah, if you just got done doing something um, mischievous at school and the principal says your name, you say, oh, no. (laughs) Like, how do you know my name? Has my reputation preceded me? Right? Have the stories made it to your office? Um, there's there's moments where I realize that I'm in trouble. And I wonder personally, is Zacchaeus worried because this Jesus who rumors have been flying about healings and about prophecy and preaching and like claiming to be the son of God and all that, and if he's if he's the son of God, then I'm like, he knows my history. He knows my past. We all have various levels of like hide, hiding, right? We have various levels of hiding. Um, if you've ever moved, again, some of you started a new school, um, you know, and there's a little bit of like, hey, what are you into? And you're, you're kind of like, just chill, okay? I'll, I'll let you in on my life as soon as I feel comfortable with that. Or um, you know you have various levels of maybe you're hanging out with someone for the first time and you start to get into the telling each other secrets and you're kind of just dabbling into it and you're like you're not going to go to the deep dark secrets yet you know you're just kind of kind of so it makes me wonder if Zacchaeus was like this guy knows all about my charging exorbitant taxes cheating people out of money cheating people out of money who can't afford to pay these taxes but are just hopeless and helpless. So he says, oh, no. Or maybe he says, wow, the son of God. So I think a lot of us probably are like, we think, oh, that would be like a worshipful moment. I think in this moment, maybe Zacchaeus is a little worried. So he says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. He invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house. How many of you, your mama told you, you never invite yourself over to someone else's house, right? You know, that's a rule, right? Jesus did it. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying you should do it. Uh, But I'm just saying, Jesus did it, right? So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Isn't that interesting? So does that give you a little bit of clue maybe what Zacchaeus was thinking in this moment? He received him joyfully. Joyfully. Is joyfully happy? Say more. Some of you students that have been around a little bit longer, uh, is joyfully the same as happy? Are, Are they similar? Okay, so, so it's not just a no, it's kind of like a yes and, right? Yes and what? Shh, hold on. Okay, happiness is fading. Yeah, that's a big one. Happiness, I feel like, is more of an emotion. Joyfully is kind of like a, joy is kind of like a state of mind, state of being, kind of a, Stuff could be bad. Apostle Paul in, um, in the book of Philippians talks all about joy. And I was like, man, I've been through some really great stuff. I've been through some really bad stuff. In the moment he was in the bad stuff, he was in jail, right? And he's like, I, I know how to be content. I know how to be joyful. Like, we should rejoice in all things. And so, and so he joyfully receives them. When they saw it, they, right, they grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest. Of a man who was sinner. So these are onlookers. These are people who are looking and saying, like, "Oh, this is not right. Jesus, what should, who should Jesus be hanging out with? Who do you think? Perfect people, right? Perfect people. Um, Where are the perfect people? There aren't any. any. Nowhere to be found, right? There are no perfect people. So what's very interesting is that the imperfect people are over here saying, like, uh, "Why is he hanging out with the sinners?" It's like, I don't know, he probably needs to go to your house too. You know what I'm saying? Uh Yes? I remember like one parable that Jesus told he, at the end, he was like, he didn't, uh, the Son of Man didn't come for the people of evil. Or no, no a, doctor a doctor doesn't come for the health of evil. It's good. Yeah, that's absolutely. And you know what was interesting about that parable is there's a moment in the Gospels where it says Jesus spoke in parables. Check this out. you got to be paying attention to this. This is going to like make some of you lose your minds a little bit. Jesus spoke in parables knowing that some people wouldn't get it. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? But he was speaking these parables, which is a parable. It's kind of like a fictional story with one big truth. And uh, you don't have to, like, find yourself in the story somewhere. There's just, like, one big truth. And usually it's telling the story of how God loves us, how God rescues us, how God's chasing after us. And essentially what he's saying is, I'm hanging out with the sick. Also, who's, who's the healthy people? We're all sick, right? We're all born with sin, and none of us are, like, without the disease of sin, We're all born into sin. That's another doctrine thing, right? There's no one that's walking around perfect. And you're like, look at me. I'm walking around perfect. Pride, you're a sinner, right? And so that's how that works. Like, we're all sinners, right? There's no one around here that's perfect. So they're all uh, ticked off because he's hanging out with a sinner. And uh, do you know what I love about it? Jesus doesn't address them. He didn't concern himself with the onlookers and their criticism, Can I just help you just for a minute? There's going to be people who criticize you. There's going to be people who talk behind your back. And I understand how difficult it is to deal with that. I have dealt with it myself. I have dealt with it in school. I've dealt with it in church. And it shouldn't be happening in church, but I'm just going to tell you it's going to happen. And Jesus' example here is, let me do what I came here to do. And he's just chasing after the purpose. So Zacchaeus stood there. Jesus gives his attention wholly to Zacchaeus, not to the the onlookers that are grumbling. And says, Zacchaeus says, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'll 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 return it fourfold. What, What is happening here with Zacchaeus? He's repenting. Boy, that's a great word. We talked about repenting a lot last year, but for those of you that weren't here, repenting, the the kind of the original meaning is that uh, there's a change of mind happening. There's a change of mind, and the the way I describe it is there is such a strong change of mind that it turns into a change of direction, too. Because some people will tell you, like, well, it's like, I'm a Christian. Like, I heard someone, like, um, uh, a celebrity talk about how they're a Christian. Not going to name names because that's not what we're here to do, but I was like, your, your life paints a much different picture. And I'm not, again, I, I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to decide. God gets to decide when all that is over. But I was like, that's interesting that you would call yourself a Christian, and then your life just paints a completely different picture. So the change of mind that comes with a Christian should also come with a changed behavior. Are you going to be, become perfect all of a sudden? No. In fact, you're never going to become perfect until we go to heaven. Like. When we go to heaven, that's when perfection happens, and that's all because of what Jesus does. That's his work, not ours. It's not like we work to get better, and then there's a moment where we get better, and then congratulations, there's perfect humans, and they're just kind of out there, and you gotta No, we're all imperfect. We're all imperfect. Now, what salvation does for us, this is another one of those doctrine points, is it kills the power of sin and it kills the power of death, right? Jesus destroyed the power of sin over your life. So the book of Romans is going to say all over and over and over again, um, you are not a slave to sin anymore if you have put your faith in Jesus. You're not a slave to sin. So there's repentance happening here, and we don't have the whole story, right? We haven't heard him say, I would like to put my faith in you, Jesus. I'd like you to be my Savior. I repent of all my sin. All we have is just, just one little moment where it says, um, I'm, I'm changing my mind, okay? And this one sin, his big public sin, this thing that everyone has been so ticked about, he's saying, I'm going to um, make it right. And what's interesting is that Jesus says in verses nine and 10, today salvation has come to this house since he's also a son of Abraham. And boy, I could do a whole fuse on just that verse and maybe we'll talk a little bit about it more, but... Um, Do you have to be a, gosh, this is hard to ask. Okay, pay attention with me because it's going to be like upper level um, doctrine and belief and Bible understanding. Does the Bible say you have to be a grandson or a descendant of Abraham to become a Christian? No. 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 How do you know? Someone tell me the, like, what what do we have to do? Believe Believe that Jesus is the son of God. Speak up. What was that last sentence you said? Yeah. So what's interesting, that's a great answer. What's interesting is that the Bible talks about Abraham in the book of Romans. I believe it's chapter 4, verse 2. It said that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Again, that's a whole sermon. I got to kind of hurry, but I want to tell you this. Abraham wasn't a, um, it, like, you ever, ever wondered about the Old Testament people? It's like, well, they didn't have Jesus, so are they all in hell? No. Abraham believed God. Everything he had been given by God the Father, there was no Jesus the Son walking around in flesh yet, Right? All of the Old Testament people, they were relying on God's words, the prophets and the priests and all the people that like even sometimes the shepherds, the judges, all these different people in the Old Testament were saying, hey, God is saying this. And the people who were following God are in heaven, even if they're in the Old Testament. Son of Abraham, don't get it twisted. It's not you have to be uh, in the lineage of Abraham. What he's saying is Abraham had faith and so did Zacchaeus, son of Abraham of Abraham. There's something very special. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I would just love in these last few moments to just share this. Jesus uh, knows your name. Jesus knows your name. That's like the big point tonight. And some of you are like, that's the big point? Yeah. Jesus knows your name, and that's not to be like, ooh, uh, like, again, principal catches you doing something, Uh uh-oh, right? Uh, God, uh, sorry, Jesus walks up and sees Zacchaeus, Uh uh-oh, you know, oh, no, this isn't, this isn't that moment. Jesus knows your name. Jesus knows what you care about. Jesus understands your story. Jesus understands that you're going to go through some things in life that are painful, and that wasn't his choice, Jesus knows your name, Jesus knows your story, Jesus knows where you're headed, and I'm gonna tell you, Jesus is is seeking after you. Why? Because verse 10 says he came to seek and save the lost. We were all born in sin, and so Jesus comes to seek and save all of us, and all of you, and all of all of us leaders, everyone on the planet has the opportunity to place our faith in Jesus, like we've said, we see all through the New Testament, right? We declare that Jesus is the son of God, that he raised him from the dead, but he defeated sin and death. And we say, I have nothing to bring, but, like, if you'll save me, I will gladly be a son or a daughter, right? I would love to place my faith in you. That's what salvation is. That's what son of Abraham is. We place our faith in Jesus. Jesus knows your name. And if you think for a moment that all of this was created and he forgot about you, you're wrong. And you're wrong. I know that because if you track this story all the way from beginning to end, it is nothing but a picture of a, of a God who created all of this. And at the end of all of it, there's a bunch of beautiful things, right? Creation, the sun, the moon, the stars, all that kind of stuff. It's all beautiful. But at the end of the day, the pinnacle creation was you because he wanted to have a relationship with you. He doesn't have a relationship with Right? A living, breathing relationship with the trees and the animals. He commands them. like he, They do what he says, but, but as far as people who have to place their faith in Jesus, you're the only ones with the image of God. You're created, male or female, in the image of God. It's the way he created you for a relationship with him. Jesus knows your name. And here's what I want to share with you. At some point, you may decide... To place your faith in Jesus. Maybe you already have. Some of you haven't. And I want to tell you, you don't have to be a Christian to come in this room. You don't have to be a Christian to come to this church. You don't have to be a Christian to be my friend. And you don't have to be a Christian to be each other's friends. Now, here's what I want to say, okay? One more thing. There's a sense in which I want to just share with you. Again, main point, Jesus knows your name. But on another level, There's other people who don't know that Jesus knows their name. And there's other people that are going to try out church. And I'll tell you, I've heard some stories of some people that said, I tried out church and it didn't go well. Do you know why? Were they mad at Jesus? They were never mad at Jesus. Something went wrong where they felt lonely. No one talked to me. Something happened to me that was really rude or, or like that stuff shouldn't happen in church. And I hear these stories. It's usually people being ugly to each other or it's people not supporting each other. Can I just share with you my whole vision for this like student ministry, Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, camps, all the stuff we do, tune in, is that you support each other. That you be there for each other. That you love each other. Right. That's, these adults in the room, right, they're not getting a paycheck to be here. Right? They're here because they want to support you, and they want to be here for you. They want to build a relationship with you. right? And I want to challenge you to be a part of a student ministry where we do encourage each other and point each other in the right direction and support each other and don't lie to each other and gossip about each other. Right? This is going to be the kind of student ministry where we're going to move forward in health, and I guarantee... Because I was a part of a student ministry when I was y'all's age. And I've led different student ministries that I've seen really grow up into a mature sense of like people that graduated from those student ministries ended up being best friends. Not because they're all some sort of like Christian club, but because they loved each other and they supported each other and they were there for each other. That's what I want to challenge you to do. So my next three things I'm going to share with you, right? They're, They're just suggestions, right? The big point is that Jesus knows your name. What was church about? Jesus knows my name. We learned about Zacchaeus, right? Luke chapter 19. But here's what I want to challenge you with, okay? I'm going to challenge you with three things. I want to challenge you to learn each other's names. Learn each other's names. Not tonight, <laughs> yeah, right? There's lots happening tonight, right? But over the course of time, because isn't it, isn't it incredible the feeling you get when someone's like, hey, Nikki. Hey, Braden, how's it going, right? This is, this is great. Hey, Chris, how's it going, you know? And you're greeted warmly. Here's the next one. This is not gonna make sense to some of you, but I wanna tell you it matters. Learn the right way to pronounce each other's names. Some of you are laughing because it's like, <clears throat> Mark. <laughs> Me- Merk? Um, you know, however, however, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, and track with me. Here, hold on, because I'm, I'm a little over time here. Um, anyone ever been to Starbucks and they got your name wrong on the cup? And you're kind of like, that wasn't even close. I went to um, Mod Pizza one time. And they write your name on the little, the little piece of paper, right? I went with my friend Doug. Okay, my friend Doug. What are your names? Doug and Mark. Pretty simple. One syllable. Okay. Okay. Oh. I'll bring the picture for you. I took a picture of it. I was so like in shock. Um, dud, D-U-D. So I'm sorry. You think you think his name is Dud? You think his mom said just really inspired by Dud? And my name was Birch. <laughs> it's like uh, that's a tree. Uh, my name is not Birch. Also, no one's name is Birch, right? Birch and dud. So, now granted, I, I say that jokingly, but some people have, like, difficult to pronounce names. And do you know what speaks life to somebody? Sometimes someone says, like, "You just call me this. I'm like, I would be happy to learn how to, like, correctly pronounce your name. And I think that matters. Um, third, use each other's names when you see each other. So, here's what we're going to do. Nikki, come on up. Um, I am over time. I promised uh, production that I wouldn't be over (laughs) time. Here we are again. I'm over time. So, Nikki, we're going to go kind of fast, and you're going to have to listen to instructions. So this is going to mean you're quiet, and we're going to listen to what Nikki has to say.